Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Error 204, a podcast covering theology from a Reformed perspective and genuinely nerdy topics where there's no content that you won't love. I'm Mark Fromey, and I'm alone. Yeah, today um, I'm recording by myself. Luke's on vacation right now, so he's not here to record. And originally the plan was for my wife Lindsay and I to record a podcast together. But Lindsay is pregnant, and she's... Um, had some pain and different difficulties with that, and so I'm letting her rest and doing this on my own. So it's going to be a little different than what we had talked about trying to do, um, and hopefully it can be at least somewhat beneficial. I also want to give a disclaimer and let everyone know that I am not the one who edits the podcast regularly. That is something that Luke does. And so I'm going to do my best not to say anything stupid because I'm not good at editing audio and hopefully I won't have to edit anything out or make any major changes and just be able to let it go because I'm not counting on it sounding any good if I have to do much editing to it. So with that, um, I kind of wanted to just briefly talk about something that's very important to me. This is also probably going to be a, a shorter podcast. Um, not going to do a whole lot in the nerdy category, probably just going to touch base on one topic and and leave it at that and since there's no one here for me to discuss it with it's it should be pretty short um so what i wanted to talk about really is the role and responsibility of men uh that we're given by god and so that role has a lot of different facets when we talk about being a husband or a parent or a worker or a leader in the church um it takes a lot of different forms. It has a lot of different uh, roles and duties, and uh, we need to be aware of those things and, and really explore how to approach those things. And so that's kind of what I want to do this afternoon. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're going to jump right into that. And one of the things that really has shaped the way that I approach this topic um, is the book Masculine Mandate. When we did our, our book episode a couple weeks ago, I brought that book up as one that's had a huge impact on my life. And, and I brought it up because it's very true. It's had a huge impact on, on who I am, on how I, how I live, uh, because it really explores the Bible and it explores Scripture and it looks at um, what we need to be doing as believers. And so with that, we're going to, we're going to, read a little bit out of there. Um, I just want to look at what Richard Phillips, who's the author, has to say, kind of to summarize what he calls the masculine mandate, and kind of explore what that looks like in our lives as believers and as, as men. And uh, ladies that listen to this podcast, that can be, this should be beneficial to you as well, because you are members of a church, and there's men that are leading that church. Um, you'll, you'll work, you'll if, if it's what God's called you to, you'll be married, you'll be a mother, and, and there's a, a relationship that you'll have with men that God's placed in your life. And so it's important to look at what that should look like and how, um, what kind of expectations you should have for, for a husband or, or a pastor or an elder. And so um, this can be beneficial to you too, and I, I hope that you get something out of this as well. Uh, so R Richard Phillips 
talks about the masculine mandate. And essentially, he goes back to creation, looks at Genesis, and he talks about man's command to, to work and keep. Um, he brings up Genesis 2, verses 7 through 8. Not, I apologize, wrong verse. He brings up Genesis 1, verse 28, uh, when Adam is created. And Adam is told to uh, subdue, to fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So ma man is made as the ruler, as to have dominion. And then a little bit later, he brings up Genesis 2, verse 15, and says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So essentially what, what Richard Phillips says is, is our mandate as men is to work and to keep. And so what that looks like is to, to grow and cultivate and be responsible for, um, for teaching and leading. And that's, that's the working it, right? There's, there's an active energy put out by us. There's something that we have to do and put effort into and toil over and, and, and fight for. And then on top of that, we have to keep it. And keep is more of sustaining and protecting and guarding. And there's, there's a strong sense of, of responsibility for men to, to keep what God's given them. So we know um, from a Reformed perspective, you know, we believe in a sovereign God who is overall and who is the owner of all. Nothing in this world belongs to anyone but him. And so the things that we have they're, they're his, and we've been made stewards of them. We are responsible for them, and we'll be held responsible for how we treat them. And so whether we're talking about a job, whether we're talking about money or uh, position or a church, if you're called to ministry, or a family, uh, a wife, children, a home, a job, all those things belong to God, and he's placed you in charge of them and given you responsibility over them. So we can't take that lightly. We need to treat that with the respect it deserves, we need to treat it um, with the responsibility and the energy that God calls us to. And so we need to be wise and we need to be understanding about how to handle these things. And and that looks very different in different areas of life. And one thing that I th think we do really bad at as men in the church, as Christian men, is we don't do a good job at leading our families or leading in the church. You know, we, we live in a society now where there's this huge argument and this constant battle about women in positions of authority in the church. And is that okay? Is that not okay? And we can look at scripture and, and see pretty clearly that that's not where they're called when you're talking about the position of elder, the position of pastor. Those positions are reserved for men and they're reserved that way for a reason. Uh, and Paul explores that in the book of First uh, Timothy and explains that you know, it's women. Um, he says he does not permit a woman to teach. Rather, she has remained silent. And there's a lot that goes in with that. Um, but really that he, he hearkens back to creation. And this was established in creation that man is the head. And as the head, man is placed as the authority and the leader. And that's not to say that women is lesser. Um, we don't believe that women are lesser. Women have things that they can do that we cannot do. My, my wife has abilities that... Um, I, I do not have, and I will never have. That's just the way it works. Um, and at the same time, there's things that I'm called to do and am able to do that my wife can't do. And so 
we need to fulfill our roles that God's created us for. And when it comes to leadership in the church and in the home, God's, God's given that role or, or mandated that role for men. And so we need to be respectful of that and understand how that works. Uh, but we don't do that well in our culture. And because of that, I think we've seen a rise in very strong women leading out in their homes or leading out in the church. Uh, there's a, a, a discussion or debate that's pretty much ongoing about how should women be able to teach or, or should they be able to teach and should they be able to hold positions of authority or offices within the church and all this kind of stuff. And I think that really the, the reason that um, this happens is because men are not stepping up. Men, men have gotten lazy, they've gotten selfish, they've gotten prideful, and, and they don't lead. Uh, I'm, I'm included in that. There's times where I fail at leading. I've been married for six months, and that's it. It's been less than a year. Um, I don't claim to know it all, but I know that in my six months as the husband of Lindsay, I've had some great victories and I've had some great failures already. Uh, and there's going to be many more of both down the road, and I hope to be able to grow and, and become wiser and lead my family in the way that, that I'm called to. Uh, right now, this is taking a really interesting form because, you know, Lindsay's pregnant and my my way of serving her and leading is, is very different. There's a lot of very practical and specific um, just things to help around with in the house because she's tired and in pain and there's things that she just can't do. And so I'm working all day and then I come home and I'm doing seminary homework and stuff. But at the same time, I'm doing what I can to make her have to do as little as possible because she needs to be able to rest. She needs to be able to let her body rest. And, um, she, she's working harder than me in a lot of ways during this pregnancy. And so I'm trying to make it as easy on her as possible. And if that means that I'm doing the dishes pretty much every night or uh, I'm helping make food or helping with laundry or just cleaning up the house, uh, I'm going to do that as best as I can. I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, there's, there's been times during this that, that Lindsay's, you know, talked about how she feels like she's not doing as much as she should be. And, um, I don't want her to feel that way, and I, I try to be encouraging and, and tell her, you know, she's she's serving in the way that God's made her to. Um, she's bearing children. That's something that I cannot do, and uh, that's that's a job and a responsibility that God's given to women that men can't do. And so with that, I'm trying to do everything I can to serve her during that time, and uh, that's very sacrificial. It can be very hard. I don't always enjoy it, but it's what I'm called to do, and it's as as the leader, as the one who's trying to care for and keep my family, protect my family, cultivate my family. This is this is how I can do it right now in the home, is by serving my wife as selflessly and as sacrificially as possible. Um, in the church, I think that men need to be stepping up as leaders. You know, we, we spend a lot of time just being apathetic. I think apathy is the kind of crux of of our nation, of our culture, we we don't care. We don't care about anything. We we'd prefer to be lazy and not do anything uh, than actually invest ourselves and put energy and time and effort into something. And so, I think that is one of our great weaknesses. And because of that, men aren't stepping up in church. Men aren't teaching. They're not leading their families. They're not leading in the church. They're not serving. They're not organizing. And so, the church is left to die essentially unless somebody else steps up. It it makes me think of judges. You know, when we when we have the judge. Of, that is Deborah, she stepped up not because 
necessarily she was supposed to. I mean, she stepped up because it, it was really a kind of um, calling out of the men of Israel because they weren't leading. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. Um, and so, I mean, it, it essentially should be insulting to see, for men, to see Deborah in this position of power and authority as a judge because because we weren't doing our jobs. The Israelite men weren't doing their jobs. And so when we see women stepping up and fulfilling our role in the church, it's because we're not doing our jobs, and that's not okay. That's That shouldn't be acceptable to us. That shouldn't be okay for us. Uh, we need to step up and lead, and we need to be responsible and wise in what we're doing. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to just repeat myself a bunch, but it's it's something that really sticks out to me and it really bothers me because I see so many men not willing to step up and I see so many churches suffering because of it and families suffering because of it. Uh, men in the workplace. I mean, I'm so I work in a secular job and I'm working around people who aren't Christians and, and even secular men, I see a laziness or a just attitude of apathy. I mean, they they don't care. And so they don't, People don't work, they don't invest their time, they don't do everything to their fullest ability. And I'm guilty of that at times too. And so I think we need to be setting the example to our workforce as well. As, as Christian men, again, our job is a place for us to reflect our God. It's a place for us to reflect our Savior. When we've been changed radically, when we've been made new by the Holy Spirit, we, we are no longer living for ourselves, but we're living for God. We need to live for God in every aspect of our lives, even if that's a secular job. And we can set an example to the people around us. We can set an example to our family, to our bosses, and really stand out and make people realize that we're not working for ourselves. We're different because we're not working for ourselves. We're, we're different because we care more about glorifying God in everything we do than we care about money or power or position. We're not doing that job just for those things. Yes, we need to provide for our families and we need to be seeking to provide for them, but ultimately we need to be seeking to glorify God and God is the ultimate provider. And when we're when we're glorifying God, then, then we can trust that he's going to provide for us and that may not always look the way that we expect it to, but, but God is faithful to his people and God will take care of his people. And so I think that we need to be more intentional in our workplace. We need to be more intentional in our family. We need to be more intentional in the church. And I've, I've talked a little bit about being intentional as a husband and serving your wife and, um, I, you know, cultivate discussions about God's word and cultivate discussions about theology. Those things are important and we need to be doing that as a family. And we, we as men need to be leading our wives in that. And so be intentional about starting those conversations. Be intentional about seeking to to teach your wife, and in and, and, and the process, learn from them too. I had a, a good conversation with a friend of mine when I was first getting married. Uh, I was terrified of that aspect, the spiritual leadership, because I, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to do it. And so I was talking to a friend who, who had been married for just a short time longer than me. It wasn't a lot longer. Um, and I just started talking to him and was like, man, how do you, how do you lead your wife? How do you lead your family? Uh, because I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. And so he just walked through what, what it looks like in, in his marriage to, to spend time in God's Word together and to cultivate discussion. And, and he talked about 
you know, being the champion for your wife. He talked about when you're when you're studying with your wife, you're not just trying to teach them. Don't approach it the way you would like a teacher and a student. Come alongside your wife and learn with her. And when she points something out, maybe it's something that, that you already knew. When she starts talking about a new discovery or something that God's teaching her through his word, Rather than being like, well, yeah, I already, I already knew that, or I, I understood that. Champion that. I mean, cheer for that. Be excited that your wife is learning and growing in God. And don't, because you come off as very, very prideful and very, very obnoxious when you're just like, well, yeah, duh. Like, how'd you not notice that before? Uh, that's not a good way to approach it. And so, even, even if you did know it before, champion your wife. Be on her side. Be excited for her. Be her biggest cheerleader as she learns and, and grows and understands who God is and learns more about her role in the church and in the home. Just th- There's something extremely satisfying about watching your wife fall in love with God. There's something extremely satisfying about seeing her love his word and spend time there and, and discuss it with you with just awe and and excitement because of who God is. Uh, I love seeing other people get excited about God. I will always love seeing other people get excited about God. And so when I see that it's my wife getting excited about God, it's that much more amazing. It's that much more satisfying and exciting. And so cultivate that discussion. Be open to that and be... Don't, don't approach it like a teacher with a student because that can be... I mean, I, I'm guilty of that because God's made, God's called me to be a minister for him. And so I've spent time teaching students and I've spent time teaching different formats. And whenever I get to talking about theology and those things, it can sometimes be hard to turn that off. And I've had Lindsay tell me on multiple occasions, all right, I'm not one of your students. Like, don't, don't talk to me like I'm one of your students. Um, and it becomes very it can become very insulting or discouraging and that's never really your intention but sometimes that's just how it comes across and so i have to be careful about how i speak and how i approach those things but when when it's not seen in that form but when it's seen as coming alongside each other and learning together and growing together it becomes that much more beautiful as you explore god's word together so do that pray with your wife i can't stress the importance of praying with your wife enough and I don't do it well enough. I need to get better about doing that. And so that's something that we need to do. We need to just lead in our homes. We need to lead our wives. And when you have children, lead your children. I, I don't know what that's going to look like yet. I, I have a kid on the way, uh, which is an amazing thing. I still am blown away by God's grace in that. But it also freaks me out because... Here I am now, going to be a father, and am responsible as a father too. And so, what does that look like? And how do I, how do I raise my kid and train them up in the way that he should go? And or she, I mean, we still don't know the gender. Um, I'm hoping for a boy, though. That's just me. But there's still a responsibility we have in that. And so, trying to figure out what that's going to look like. And some of you guys that are listening to this podcast will know that way better than me. And if that's the case, please tell me. Share that with me. I want to grow. I want to learn more. I want to be prepared. I want to lead my family the best way that I possibly can. 
and I don't really know exactly what that's going to look like. So, so yeah, if you have wisdom in that, if you have advice on that, share it with me. Uh, help me grow. Help me know. This is another role as men. Disciple younger men. Teach them. Train them. People who are less mature than you. People who are less uh, spiritually mature than you. Just seek time to invest in them and, and help them grow. Um, this is kind of an addendum to the to the father thing. But we need men who are training up younger men. We need men in the church who are taking younger men and uh, teaching them and helping them grow. We need we need Paul's taking Timothy's, uh, mentoring them, uh, calling them to action, encouraging them, whatever it takes, discipling them and helping them grow so that they can do the same to other men and for their families. Uh, but back to the father thing, I mean, I want to be intentional on that and be intentional about disciplining, um, not for the sake of disciplining or out of anger, but because I want to train my children up as best as I can, and I want them to be responsible. I want them to be wise. I want them to seek God. I want them to, to know and love Him. And so uh, spending time in the Word with them, teaching them. Um, I plan on using a Baptist catechism with my children. Sorry, Nate, it's going to be Baptist, not going to be Presbyterian. Uh, not changing on that. So... <laughs> If you're Presbyterian, get a Presbyterian, the Westminster Shorter Catechism. If you're Baptist, there's uh, some other catechisms out there. I know Charles Spurgeon put together a good catechism. That's probably what I'll end up using. But I think we associate catechisms with Catholics. Like, catechisms wasn't something I really even talked about or thought about or uh, considered beneficial until I was well into college because catechisms to me was a Catholic thing, right? There was the confirmation I remember growing up around friends that were in the Catholic Church and they were going through confirmation and doing the catechism and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, that's definitely not something I want associated with me or my, my family in the future. Until I really realized that catechisms are, are a great tool to teach your kids. They're a great tool to, to help them grow. And I've seen friends and people who, who use catechisms with their kids and it's an amazing thing to see children being trained up in the way of the Lord and see them learning these basic doctrines and things through very simple questions. Um, and so be intentional about teaching your children those things. Be intentional about pointing them to God's word. When they see a love for God in you, it makes that much of a difference. I remember growing up still, my own parents' love for God had, was a tremendous impact on me. My parents took God seriously. My parents loved learning they loved spending time in God's word and they they spent time with us and, and in God's word and they prayed God's word over us before we went to sleep every night they would pray the uh I can't even think of what it's called the benediction at the end of Hebrews they would pray that over us every single night and I still remember that to this day and I remember when we would be out doing things maybe we were shopping with mom or um going to a ball game with dad or something and just things would happen in, in life, and we'd pass people. There would be conversations. We'd see something take place. And my parents always tried to point us back to a biblical worldview. They always tried to show us how those things reflect the sin in the world or how they reflect the grace of God or how they reflect uh, on our lives as believers and how we should be interacting with people, places, things, all this different stuff. 
they were very intentional at making God real and making God practical and making theology practical. And I'm forever grateful to them for that. And I hope to do the same thing with my kids. And so that's something that I think is extremely important for us is training up our children in the way that they should go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to try to keep being repeating myself or, or dragging it out any longer. This is going to be a very short podcast, but this is something that I think that it's important and I think we need to do a better job at it as men. We need to be intentional guys. If you've never read the masculine mandate, I highly recommend it. Please pick it up. It, it, it gives so much good wisdom and knowledge and scripture. It, it goes through scripture the entire time so that we can be better leaders in our homes and in our churches and in our workplaces. And I think it's important for us to take seriously and I think it's important for us to put effort into. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot else to say other than we need to do better. And I hope you guys all want to do better with me. And if we want to have more discussion on how this works, I'd be happy to, I think it'd be great to talk about these things. And you can always uh, contact me, send me a Facebook message. If you've got my phone number, text me or call me or whatever. I'm always open to discussion. I'm always open to talking about this stuff. And uh, bring it up in our Facebook group. Tweet us. Um, Luke and, Luke would be happy to talk about this stuff too. He may have some more stuff to add at some point to what I'm talking about here now once he listens to it. I don't really know. Um, I'm not going to speak for him. And so, but I think that's something we need to do better at. We need to be more intentional. We need to put more energy into how we're leading as men, how we're working and keeping and all these different aspects of our lives. So that's what I wanted to talk about. And I, I hope that this has been beneficial to you at least a little bit. Uh, ladies, if you've actually listened to this podcast, which I hope you do, um, hold men to a standard, call your husband's to action. Um, Expect them to be as biblical and as Christ-like as they can in their relationship to you and relationship to their children and relationship to their church. Uh, and, and hopefully they, can, they will love you better because they'll love God more. Um, I think that that impacts a marriage tremendously. When, when men love God, then they love their wives and they serve their wives in the best way possible. And so I hope to continue to do that. I hope you guys will do that with me. And I hope our wives will hold us to that standard. Um, but yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Luke should be back next week. We'll jump back into the doctrines of grace. Um, looking at unconditional election is what we'll be talking about next. Um, don't know what that's going to look like. I'm going to be out of town next week. And I'm going to be back down in southern Illinois where a lot of you guys are. Um, visiting family and stuff for Thanksgiving and Luke and I may get together and record or even do like a live stream podcast or something. We're not really sure yet. So we're going to look at doing something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's that's our goal. And hopefully hopefully it'll be good. So uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, if, if you liked this, um, give us a, a review on iTunes. If it's something that uh, you really enjoy, then, then we'd love to have that review out there. We'd uh, love to hear from you in, in our Facebook group. So come join our Facebook group, Arrow 204 Podcast. Uh, on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter at Arrow 204 Podcast. You can email us at Arrow 204 Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. As always, um, thank you for listening. Soli Deo Gloria. 
We'll see you next time. Bye.